Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast, episode 973, my interview with Daniel Mangana, and we're discussing Beyond Intention. Enjoy. Dan, welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Great to have you here. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Good to be here. So you're uh, living in Mexico. Yes, yeah. There are worse places to be quarantined, I can tell you. How do you like the food there? Absolutely fabulous, actually. Um, you got some favorites? It's a themed... Uh, do you know what I I love? Um, hopefully, there are no vegans that are going to be upset by this, but I love a quesadilla with steak in it. And there's a place that does it across the road from me that's absolutely delicious. Oh, man. What's a quesadilla? Mm. So it's like a flour tortilla. Yep. And they they basically put cheese in it and some steak and some onion. And then they basically grill it on both sides. Oh, it's just it's like a like a toasted cheese sandwich made in a tortilla. Sounds so good. Bits of steak inside. It's so good. <laughs> Sounds so good. I um, recently watched a, a Netflix um, cooking show on Mexico food. I can't remember what it's uh, called now, but yeah, it's uh, one of my side passions is cooking. So, would uh, love to get over there and try all that delicious food, mate, which you get to enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But people, um, I think people traditionally think of just quesadillas, tacos fajitas and maybe burritos of mexican food but mexican food is so diverse the cuisine here is amazing because all the different regions have got such a rich culture in Mm. terms of the cuisine that they've got so if you can get in and actually have like a real mexican city and have some real mexican food you'll be surprised at how many different things they've got to eat yeah well yeah i love it make me hungry this time of the morning Um, mate, now you've got uh, a fair bit going on at the moment. You've written some some books. Um, you know, you've got a website there, which is pretty impressive too. That I've just had a, a look through today, um, so everyone can check it out. It's called DreamWithDan.com. Yeah, and uh, several books, mate. What? Wh- give us a little bit of your background for us. Sure. So uh, I do speaking. I do. I do obviously a bit, fair bit of writing. I do blogging and stuff. And I'm really on quite a mission, to be honest, buddy. I, I, I believe that everyone has the opportunity, if they so choose to accept it, to be a little bit less of a victim and to have a bit more dominion over what they experience in their life. And um, I, I've been fortunate that I get to share the work that supports people in doing that every day, and uh, I'm quite happy doing so. Yeah. So what's what's the journey here for you? Like, how, how has that looked? You know, the funny thing was, is I, I like to talk about my life being in like a trilogy, depending on if you like movie, movies or books, <laughs> we describe it as one or the other. But essentially, there's three parts. And I'm in part three now, which is really sharing my experience with other people so that they can have have the benefit of what's gone on. Uh, book one, um, I, I grew up in East London, the son of Zimbabwean immigrants, um, moved out to Essex just outside East London and spent my formative years there. And then I actually went off and was able to start a business when I was about 19 years old with some mm. friends. And that did really well. And then it did really crap. <laughs> what was that? What and business? Then, so we were doing uh, import and export. We were doing real estate development. Um, we started to do some stuff with with corporate training and a couple of other bits. It was it was it was fun. It was fun. Um but it all kind of went to pants because we didn't have some licenses for stuff we're supposed to have some licensing for and sort of all that went to pants and I dusted off anyway. Yep. We all parted ways. <laughs> we all parted ways. I went off and built up something else. That went really, really well. I was doing um, project funding and consulting and then I sort of wrapped that into real estate. Then between a combination of the 2008 crash and people running off with money, <laughs> I lost everything again. And I was like, oh, man. And that kind of took me into book two. And book two, I, I kind of lost a lot of the resolve that I built up um, the first time. Hmm. 
because the first time I was only 20 years old, 20 years old, you don't know life. I know that now that I'm in my late thirties, I realized that, you know, I didn't know enough about life. I hadn't faced any adversity. I hadn't earned any stripes. I kind of just got thrown into to success without really, I don't want to say without having earned it, but I, I hadn't, I hadn't really paid for it, if that makes sense. I hadn't appreciated it. I hadn't paid for it. I didn't understand it. So by the time that I got to, to, to losing everything again at 24, I was really kind of smashed that time. I, I kind of asked myself, you know, have I been delusional in this idea that I had about all this manifesting stuff and visualization and creating my reality? Have I just been living in this dream world? Should I just have kept going to church every week, came with my mum and finished my degree and gone and got a job and just done the normal path? And the only reason why in the face of what I thought was the only option of suicide, the only reason why I didn't go through it literally, is mm. I didn't actually believe that I'd pull it off. I was scared in the face of this massive failure that I was going to fail at something else. And I really didn't want to be seen as some loser that couldn't even kill himself, right? And so hmm. book two, film number two, part two, was me trying to work out what had gone wrong. And people think, oh, did you kind of get motivated again to try again? And no, I wanted to work out what was wrong so that I could I could commit suicide without failing. And that's actually what became my mission, finding out what was wrong, working out where my failures were so I could be successful at committing suicide. And over that journey, I actually accidentally spent so much time polluting myself with positivity that I ended up choosing. Polluting myself with positivity. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happened. I accidentally overwrote my initial intention. And, and now I share what, what came from that, which is beyond intention with people all around the world. So this is a four-step um, paradigm. Is that what you call four it? Steps. Four steps. Can we go through these four steps? Are you happy to share? Um, yeah, sure. Love getting the opportunity to share. Beyond intention, essentially four things. Accept, clear, gratitude, and listen. And Accept, it works like a, clear, gratitude, listen. Listen. Yeah. And it works like a loop because basically what's going to happen is you're going to move from step to step and sometimes you're going to need to go back a step, but eventually you're going to make it all the way through and then you're going to end up back at the beginning again. But the... The point of this paradigm isn't so that you're doing this forever. It's to get beyond the need to set intentions because you've actually reset your underlying programs. So what this is doing is twofold. Number one, it's disrupting things in the, in the moment so that we can actually move forward. But at the same time, it's sort of rewriting the program just the way that I did accidentally, rewriting that program so that we don't need to keep course correcting because we're moving in the right direction. Hmm. I mean, if I'm to ask you this, right. If everything's got you, you know, you, you, you're at the stove, yep. you're putting together a delicious meal and everything's going according to plan. You're following the recipe. Everything's going right. Do you need to change anything or do you just need to finish cooking the recipe? Just keep finishing cooking the recipe. <laughs> but let's say, for example, you're supposed to put in two pinches of oregano, but you put four. You're going to need to think, oh, God, how can I counteract the, the effect of mm. that? Over, so now I need to step in and maybe do some research or do some checking. Or if someone puts too much salt, then it, you know you need to go and put a bit of lemon. When something goes wrong, that's when we need to change something. But every, everything's going okay. We don't need to change anything. And for me, intentions are looking at what's going on in terms of like the course. Am I am I on course for what I want? And if I'm not on course for what I want, then it's stepping in to do some course correcting and beyond intentions, a model for us to step in and consciously do some course correcting, starting with accept. So it's really creating a higher level of awareness about, I guess, your, your dreams, your mission, your values, things like that. 
Well, we need that before we step into it, which is why, you know, when in my book that speaks about this stepping beyond intention, one of the first things that I invite people to do is actually to get clear. What is the intention that you actually want to create? Because so often people go off into their life and I'm going to create this, I'm going to create that. But they haven't actually sat down and said, is this even what I want? You know, they spend years working on a career or building this life and then they look around and they're not even happy because it's not really what they wanted. No, so I encourage we're not really taught that, are we? We're just taught to go out there and do stuff and, <laughs> exactly. and hope that hope that something sticks that we like. <laughs> or that it's not too painful and horrible, at least. <laughs> mm. No, I mean, I mean that's my, that was my journey, you know, going out there and getting an education and then trying to find a job and then we found that and it got to a point mm-hmm. where I was just like, you know, what is this all about for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still a little bit that way, to be fair. I guess I it's still it's an ongoing journey, isn't it? This search for finding that that I don't think there'll ever be perf- perfection in life, but finding that right course that makes you feel fulfilled and and grateful, whilst also giving back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's I think the less time that we spend getting caught up in it, and the more time we spend just enjoying, enjoying the journey of it. That's when life becomes a bit more a pleasant, pleasant experience, I think. Hmm. You know, I think sometimes we take life so seriously. And it's funny hearing a guy that's just talking about killing himself, talking about taking life too seriously. But at the end of the day, none of us are getting out of this thing alive. And when we spend so much time obsessing over what may or may not happen, we lose sight of the fact that here and now, as we're traveling on this journey, is the opportunity to actually experience the here and now, which is the journey. And whether we want to get caught up spending the next 20 years obsessing whether we're going to find our purpose or whether we're going to achieve this goal or going to achieve that goal, we're actually just almost frittering away at the thing that we're actually here to do, which is to actually live our lives. Hmm. How do you help people connect with this this intention? Because I think once you connect with that sort of, I guess we could call it a universal intention, Mm -hmm. then in every action you do, all your behaviors, your thoughts, et cetera, can be sort of smaller intentions that are aligned with that big universal intention. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I call it a macro intention. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. the overarching. Yeah. So for, for me, I believe that um, before even we get to purpose, there's an idea that I call the dream, which is where the whole dream concept comes from, dream with Dan, dream a CEO. And that that's the thing that actually informs what our purpose might be. And I mean, you look at, I'm, I've got a newborn son. My son was born a couple of months ago. And even now well I'm seeing the things that he's, thank you, that he's gravitating towards and the things that he's not gravitating towards. My stepdaughter's five and, you know, she's getting a bit more of a character now. She's five going on 25, so she thinks. But, yeah. you know, you're seeing the things that she loves to do, the things that she doesn't love to do. And she, she, you can just see what's lighting her up and what's not lighting her up. She's being called and gravitating towards things. And I really, and this is my opinion, this is my belief, I don't force this on anyone. I think everyone has a, the choice about what they do believe. But I really do believe that we come encoded with almost things that we're predisposed to find more joy with. Not that we can't find joy in most things, but they're things that we're going to have a natural gravity, gravity towards. And that can actually start to lead us to informing what we're here to do or at least things that we can do here that add more to the world, more to the universe, more to life, because I believe we all are here to contribute and also be lit up and have a good time living life while we do it. Hmm. Hmm. And that for me informs the macro intention. And from there, the micro intentions are things I do. I like to ask myself the question and I invite clients or people that I'm working with to ask the same question. What feels good and does no harm? What lights me up right now? You know, what feels expansive? What do I want to do with my life today? How do I feel about this? And maintaining that conscious relationship 
keeps me able to fluidly flow through life, open to new experiences, open to new inputs, not dogmatically holding on to something just because it's what I wanted to do last week. Now, I'm always open for new inputs, new opportunities and new change. How do you remain that, like that level of awareness in your life? Like, What do you do to, to help stay focused? Because a lot of people, you know, probably find that difficult i suppose because we're just go 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 and we um like you said we're just following the recipe and if it's not wrong we just keep going with the flow you know what i think sometimes especially people that do you know mindfulness or they go a bit down further the rabbit hole do consciousness and even mysticism and believe in magic i think sometimes we can forget that we're human yeah do you do you do mindfulness or have you got any exercises that you practice that I'm I'm heavy in, heavily into mindfulness. I'm I'm a bit of a I'm actually probably a bit further down the, the rabbit hole than mindfulness. I've I've been in esoterics and mysticism probably since about the age of uh, mindfulness probably 16, esoterics more closer to 18, 19. So I've really been far down the rabbit hole in terms of like interdimensional work and different types of visualization and um, visualized journeying to access different levels of consciousness. So I, I go pretty off the reservation with this stuff. Um, hmm. But the basics for me are yeah, daily meditation practice some breath work and um, uh, yoga practice as well to connect my body to what I'm doing. What does that look like, like the practice? At the moment, it doesn't look like as orderly as it does because there's a newborn in the house that kind of dictates everybody's yeah. <laughs> dictates everybody's um, everybody's schedule. But ordinarily, I, I like to get up well before the sun does, uh, get some meditation in, really connect in. Uh, I like to get some visualization done, start to map out my day and, and, and lay the foundation for what I want to create that day. Uh, get a yoga career done, get my body moving. Um, if I can get that done before sunrise, I feel really good, or at least as I'm catching the sunrise, and then maybe go and have a workout, get some water in my system and get on with my day. That's what I love to do. And then over the course of my day, checking in and seeing where I'm at. What sort of mindfulness do you do? Uh, meditation, breath work. And Is it just yoga. sitting there and what, you know, the lotus pose or whatever and, and focusing on breath? Uh, sometimes it depends on how I feel. Sometimes I connect with the heart. Sometimes I connect with the solar plexus. Sometimes I do something guided. I, I like to keep it flexible and just, again, see what feels good for me that day. Am I just going to uh, sit in silence? Am I going to do something guided? But uh, for me, what's most important is that I do it and that I get filled up from it rather than which particular type that I do. Is there a time frame you do it for, like 15 minutes or more? Sometimes I'll go for 15 minutes. Sometimes I might be doing an, an hour of meditation, especially if it's a guided one that's a bit longer. Again, it just depends on how I feel that day. And, and how did your visualization practice look? Visualization, I've actually got some, some models that I've actually created, which uh, tend to be a combination of astral work, uh, a lot of the work of um, Jose Silva, who developed the Silva method. I like to use a lot of that work in what I do. I'm also a certified practitioner for uh, instructor for a, a modality called reality transurfing. And that's got some visualization practices in there. And I've kind of cooked up my own little variation that brings all of that together that I use myself and teach to my people. That's cool. The um, okay, so we've got you've you've got some some level of mindfulness in your life, and I, I think that's something that you, I guess you'd guide everyone on to to 100%. start some practices like that, so they can you know more consciously connect with their intention every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I encourage people to do which one works for them. You know, for some people it's going to be meditation. For some people playing an instrument, for some people going for a swim or going for a walk or hike. My, mm. my wife, she's an avid meditator, but there are some hills just behind our house and she loves to go hiking. Yeah. Just to have, be, at, be at peace or go down to the beach and get her feet in the water. And that's where she really connects. I think 
again, not so dogmatically getting caught up in something needing to look a certain way and just connecting with what works for you is going to be a lot more effective. Yeah, and I think that's a really valid point because I, I think these days we've, we've got all these hacks that surround us mm-hmm. and we'll try and tap into these hacks. But, yeah, if it doesn't feel right to you, it's they generally don't stick. You've really got to trial things, don't you, and experiment mm-hmm. and then find that routine, find those practices that sort of gel with you. And, and I think too, and you probably find it the same, that, that, that you need to have that flexibility, not so rigid in your routines and, you know, maybe every six months change it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, exactly keeping it fresh how do you focus on manifestation what's your thoughts there about manifesting our dreams and i think again you know some people are running off trying to do this manifesting stuff and they're not even really connecting with what they want to do Hmm. you know there's no actual like desire for it Maybe they got caught up in it because they want to prove somebody a point, a point to someone, or they saw something on the news, or they heard it in the media, or their their idol or their their friend did it, and they're jealous and they want to chase after it. And I think a lot of the energy that's called for in order to create gets lost by virtue of the fact that people are trying to create something that they don't really want for themselves. And so, one of the things I always, always, always invite people to do before running off to go and do any of this creation stuff is to ask yourself, am I creating this for me and do I really want it? Hmm. You know, and I think that's just, and the reason why I'm really pressing that point is because far too many times, I remember when I first started coaching, the area that I was working with was people sort of creating their own life script on the back of having a, um, uh, uh, a midlife crisis. So they're having a midlife crisis. And what I find time and time again, time and time again, was what was really happening is people have spent an entire life going to build something, you know, 15, 20 years building a career, you know, getting a family, the perfect husband, the perfect wife, and then finding out this isn't even what they wanted. They end up feeling empty, making these drastic choices, finding an addiction or, you know, going down the rabbit holes of affairs and stuff like that because they're just frantically, unconsciously lashing out at the fact that what's in their life isn't what they want. But yeah. when we actually start consciously... Hmm. Sorry, you go. No, as I say, but when we start consciously moving towards something that we actually want, then we're much better positioned to actually get something that we really want. Yeah. I absolutely agree. We seem to get to that point where, you know, if you if you're lost, you just you climb the hill of pleasures and um certainly things that may feel good in the moment but not really helping you with any further clarity around your, your ultimate intention. Exactly, exactly. You need to um face that bit of that diversity, do you think? I think that it's good to have some of that adversity, that tension actually can make us stronger. In my own experience, I saw that the I would have probably had some wisdom from a bit more adversity earlier on. And the adversities that I have actually faced have actually made me a stronger and better person and better positioned to not only value, but also to actually achieve more going forward. But again, none of that matters if we don't actually consciously choose what we're moving into. We're just running on programs and chasing after stuff that we don't even want then we're going to burn out or we're just not going to be happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you have an exercise that you sort of like one simple exercise that you say, look, let's start here with, you know, manifesting or, or, or figuring out what, what our intention should look like? Yeah. So I love to connect with the heart and just start to get silent and sometimes take them on a, a guided visualization practice to actually see what comes up at an unconscious level as what they want. And then we can actually have a discussion around what aspects of that they want to create 
And then we can do something called this, a, a variation of something called the seven levels exercise to see what's really underneath that desire, really interrogate it to make sure it's something that we want. Okay. Yeah. What did you, um, how would you define success? I had a great definition of success that I heard, I don't know, about 15 years ago, and I've kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Success is getting what you want, and happiness is getting what you uh, is wanting what you get. Say that again? Success is getting what you want, and happiness is wanting what you get. Happiness is wanting what you get. <laughs> so, and it, I, I believe it's an oversimplification, but it kind of speaks, for me, to basically what success is, is going happiness. out... Well, happiness is intrinsic to it. And that's why I, I love adding the, the happiness aspect, even when it's not really brought into the question, because getting what I want doesn't mean that I'm going to be happy with what I, what I get. Just like we said, people may think that they want something. They will spend 10, 15, 20 years or even more chasing after something and they'll get there eventually. But are they actually going to be happy with it? Are they actually really going to want it when they interrogate that later? So success is is a combination of the two, I think. Hmm. Not just getting what you want, but getting something that you've consciously chosen to chase after, something that you actually really, really do desire. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's um, some, I guess, in this idea of dreaming about all the things that you, you want and you desire, do you think there's some risk in in people sort of connecting with this and then trying to, to go after it? Um, I'm not really sure I get that question. Could you perhaps ask me in a, a different way so I can make sure that we, we're... Well, well people get quite excited about, you know, following their dreams and finding yeah. purpose and intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some aspects, I think there may be risk in misleading people down the wrong path. I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... Here's the thing as well, and again, this is why we interrogate, because sometimes we can have a dream, but again, it's not our own. Mm. I think it's Bruce Lipton that said 97% of the time, most of us are running on unconscious programs and patterns, which means a lot of the choices we're making, a lot of the beliefs we're holding. And 70% of that was fed to us generally between the ages of two and seven. Mm. So a big chunk of even the things that we're dreaming about has the potential to be informed by things that we don't even consciously choose. It could be our environment, um, inherently negative beliefs or limiting viewpoints that have been fed to us by our parents or by our community and, and, and wider family. All of that can there. So it still demands, no matter how good we feel about it, no matter how dreamy and even aloof and wonderful it looks, I think we're still served by taking a step back and really seeing is this what I want? Yeah, absolutely. What um, what's your favourite food, mate? <laughs> Do you know what? I've actually I've got Aspergers. I've got a form of autism called Aspergers, and for yeah. me, one of the ways it shows up is I don't actually have any favourite things. Yeah. I've got things that I crave for periods of time, but generally it's because I, I just want it for a period of time. But I don't actually have any consistently favourite things. That I have a favourite song. I don't have a favourite colour. I don't have a favourite place to visit. I've got places that i like but i don't actually have a favorite i actually don't possess the capacity to actually understand the idea of having a favorite thing most of the time it's it's a weird one if you were to be served your last meal right now yes what would you choose right now i've been thinking about lovely juicy sticky barbecue ribs um so (laughs) if you asked me that question today and it was my last meal that's exactly what i'd want and then i'd want um uh, strawberry cheesecake, Hagen Dazs ice cream afterwards. There you go. Uh, yeah. And whereabouts travel? Like you've travelled to a fair few places by the sounds of it. Yeah. You got any yeah, yeah, yeah. any places that you'd like to visit again? 
Um, I did really enjoy my time in the the Asian islands, um, just like sort of uh, the, around Thailand. And I want to explore more going up to the Philippines and more of Indonesia. Um, I didn't really get as much time as I wanted to explore that part of the world. No. I went out for a couple of weeks and I've always wanted to go back. Then life kind of took over and now I'm married and got a family. It's not as not, not as easy to do. But that's definitely something that I'd love to explore. Um, I've also never been to South America. No, I, I went to Colombia not too long ago, but I really want to go to, you know, Bolivia, Peru and check out Lima and some of the ruins and check out some of those places. Yeah, lovely. Mm. Mate, uh, people can jump on your website dreamwithdan.com um, you've got all the, the social links there as well I believe mm-hmm. yes, um, where do you want to leave it mate have you got a, um, a final thought or quote that you want to share um, just in all of this stuff guys just to have fun and enjoy life at the end of the day um, I think sometimes we can get really really serious about all this stuff and forget that we're not here to suffer we're not here to perpetually be against the grindstone of doing stuff we're here to live life and enjoy it so no matter what you're looking at who you're listening to what you're doing find a way to have fun and enjoy your life enjoy it nice words mate thanks Dan for coming on the show thank you so much appreciate you having me guys check it out at thehiddenwide.com episode 973 until next time peace, passion and purpose see you soon Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon